0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmouth.church. Or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Good morning everyone. How are we all? Yeah, we had an amazing day yesterday. Those ladies who (laughs) those ladies who missed it, you missed yourself. Oh my word. We had an incredible day where God turned up in a marvelous way. So many lives changed, so many people, you know, trusting God, perhaps for the first time, perhaps for the hundredth time, but God changing their lives in so many different ways and I absolutely love it. So we had a fantastic time. In fact, God gave us some words of knowledge and uh, I'll just tell you this because I, I forgot to give them out yesterday and I looked at them today, and you know, every one of them, apart from one, which was a specific different one, but the other three that I had, I met every single person. Isn't that amazing? God did it anyway, even though I didn't get to give them out. Our God is incredible. Do you believe that this morning? He is. So I I feel I've got a message from God for this church, and in fact, for the nation as well, and I would like to to tell you what that is. It's called living in a significant time because we are living in significant times at present time. Just to say, by the way, this is Janice over there, part of my team with Janice. Yeah. And uh, Janice is on the stall over there. If you're looking for Christmas presents, we have the answer. I have just released a new book called You Are Beautiful for Men and Women. <laughs> but if you're looking for a presents for people, only five pounds and actually every, everything you buy over there helps towards the work of evangelism in this country. So it doesn't go to us ourselves, it goes to help um, in the nation. And also Zoe's got a new book out as well that you'll find up there. And if you know Leanne Gowdy, my daughter-in-law, she's got a new book up there as well. So lots to look through. And uh, we would really appreciate not going back with lots of stock. So if you want to buy anything, we'd be very appreciative. But uh, living in a significant time, Do you know we are living in significant times right now? I mean, who would ever have thought that we would live through a pandemic? A pandemic, uh, you know, that stopped the whole world. A virus, we've had to cope with a virus that stopped the whole world. And then just when we're getting through that, we suddenly have a war in the Ukraine. And this war in the Ukraine affects every nation around us and including our own nation. And suddenly our food prices go up, our petrol costs go up, and then our electricity and our gas goes up. And you think, oh my word, what is going to happen next? The media tells us that we're not going to cope, that actually gas is going to, um, you know, there's not going to be any gas this, this winter. We're going to run out of it. And that will affect our electricity, and it's just like doom and gloom. If ever we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, it's now. And you know something? You know, at the same time as all this happens, our queen dies. And Prince Charles becomes King Charles. And not only that, but our prime minister resigns and we have a new prime minister. And we might even have another one <laughs> shortly if the news is to be, to be um, believed. But, you know, we are living in significant times. And as I say, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus because what is he doing? What's God doing? You know, the media tells us all this doom and gloom, but actually I believe as a church, we need to believe what we're living in significant times when God can use you and me. You know, for those of you who know or who knew my husband, because my husband died um, six years ago. But he was very prophetic. Um, He always said things that actually you could see happening in the future, and they always seemed to come true. And I remember one day, just to give you an illustration of this, he came in one day after interviewing quite a number of young girls in our um, uh, organization to come and join us. And he said to me, Nancy, I've met Aiden's wife. That Aiden is one of our sons. And I goes, What do you mean you've met Aiden's wife? Aiden's not even going out with anyone. He says, I know he's not, but I tell you, I've met his wife. And I says, What do you mean you've met his wife? And he says, I've just interviewed this young girl. He says, and God spoke to me and said, That's going to be Aiden's wife. Do you know, blow me down? Just a few months afterwards, these two started to get friendly. And a year later, they started to go out with each other and they're now married and have been married for about four or five years. Six, uh, yeah, six years, actually. Isn't that amazing? You know, you just think, wow, so you have to listen to what, you know, he says. And um, I remember a prophetic word that he had that he told me, and I don't think actually he shared it with anyone else. And uh, I always thought to myself, I wonder if this word will come true. And he said, when Prince Charles takes the throne there's going to be a move of God's spirit across this land. And I think, God, we're living in these strategic days. God, I want to see a move of your spirit across this land. I want to see revival move, not just in in Britain, but right across Europe, right across the world. And we're living in these days when we could see revival come. If only the church would get a hold of what God is doing if only our apathy would get out of the window. If only our heart would be in tune with his heart. If only we would welcome in his presence in such a deep way. I'm talking to myself as well as you. We need to be people who are saying to the Lord Jesus, Your will first, God. Your will first. And I know this church and I know the leadership of the church and they are amazing. You're a great guys. You're doing a fantastic work. You really are. But God is even challenging you to go further and further. Hey, where are you, church? Where are you in terms of your walk with God? Do you know, I'm going to tell you something that happened to us way back in 2003. Because over the years, we've had significant moves of God's spirit in NGM. But this one was probably the one that affected us the most. Where in 2003, my husband heard from God and God said to him, I want you to come up close and personal because there's something I want to tell you, Ray. So Ray and I always got up early in the morning to read our, read our Bibles and to hear God and to speak to God and to go deeper with God. And so he began to get up even earlier than normal. He went through with his pad and his pen and he said, okay, God, I'm here. What do you want to say? God turned around and said, Ray, I want to tell you. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And it broke my husband. He was never the same since that time. And I saw the difference in him by getting up earlier in the morning and just seeking God. And although I was already seeking God I thought to myself, when we went on holiday I'm going to get up early in the morning So because we went on holiday to, um, I think it was Menorca. And We were over there, a group of us were over there. So I got up early in the morning and I went and sat by the pool. And it was before anybody was out sunbathing. In fact, the sun wasn't even out. (laughs) It was when the attendants were cleaning the pool and cleaning the chairs. And I sat there and I sat in the presence of God. And the whole, all I can tell you is, God's presence came down in such a way that it changed my life and I went back to the people who were having we were going for breakfast two hours later and I said to them it's not long enough it's just not long enough the two hours I spent with God were just went by like that I want to ask you what's your time with God like are you spending time with God? Are you seeking his word? Are you reading this book? Are you discovering what an amazing God we have? Are you thinking to yourself, oh, well, that, that, you know, yeah, I do love God, but, you know, I don't really want to get up early in the morning. I need my sleep. Yeah, we all do. But, oh, my goodness, when you're hungry for God, when you're hungry for God, you cannot help but get up. You cannot help but get down on your knees. You cannot help but read your Bible. When God's there, oh my goodness, when his presence comes down, I'm sure you've felt his presence come down, but when his presence comes down, it's like nothing else matters. It's him. We came home, you know, we came home after Menorca, and we, we thought we need to tell the rest of the team. We need to tell them what's happened to us. I mean, things have just changed so much. And so we came home, we had our, our church service just starting and then we were going into lots of different training of the young people who had just come to join us. And so we got up and we said, well, oh Lord, we don't really know what we're doing here, but just you direct the meeting. Ray began with his story. I be, I've told my story. We, we explained to everybody what had happened and how the hunger in our heart drove us deeper to Jesus. And we kind of finished and we didn't know what to do. You know, We thought, how, how do we get to the end of this? What do we do, Lord? So Ray just said, look, there's a microphone here. And if anybody wants to come to the microphone and just pray or, or, or say something or do something, then feel free to do so. And we sat at the front and we watched. And we watched revival happen. It was incredible. It was as if, seriously, it was as if God walked in the room. And oh my goodness, just things we had seen and read about in revival books, we saw happening in front of our faces. People coming to the microphone saying, God, I want what Ray and Nancy have got. I want to get so hungry for you, God. I want to find you, God. I want to have that hunger in my heart. And they were crying that out. Others were getting on the floor, flat on their faces before God, repenting of stuff. I mean, listen, we were a fool time ministry team working in our nation and in the nations of the world. We were on fire for God, and yet there were people on the floor repenting of stuff that they had had in their hearts for years and didn't get get through on, like pornography. Hidden, hidden secrets in their heads, in their hearts, in their minds that they hadn't told anybody. And here they were flat on the floor before God confessing their sins so much so the tears were pouring down and this is not one word of a lie there was so many of them right across the place flat on their faces before God that there was their tears caused puddles all over our our cabman floor our our performing arts complex floor as God moved in these people. We were never the same again. We had to have meetings every night because we were so hungry for God. You know, people came into our complex. They, it was an arts complex, it's not a church. But oh my goodness, they came in and they said, what, what is this place? And we said, oh, it's a, it's a mission and arts complex feels like church and before too long these young people teenagers were just confessing their sins and were saying to us we've got to get right with God and they were giving lives to Jesus I remember one of our guys went over to Tesco which is Tesco's just out of our garden gate and and there's Tesco car park and Tesco supermarket and one guy went across and one girl said to him who was working in Tesco why are you so happy? so he began to tell her and she he said beyond that gate lies our you know mission and arts complex we have church there would you like to come yes she said i would she walked through the gate she called it like walking through the gate into narnia she said it was like walking through the wardrobe into narnia and she came into the presence of god she gave her life to jesus gave up her job in tesco and came to work for ngm it was incredible but things that we had never thought we would see happened before our eyes. God was moving in incredible ways. I want to ask you, how's your hunger for God? How's your hunger for God? Are you after him more than you're after anything else in this world? Do you need him more than you need your food? Do you need him more than you need your water? Where's your hunger for God? It's so important that you you answer these questions you know I don't know whether Zoe's actually remembered to do this or not but there is I don't have time to tell you the full story of what happened in 2003 to 2006 because it lasted three years and I've let, read in revival books that often that happens when God comes in a particular place it lasts for a number of years and then moves on and it lasts usually three years and it, it lasted for us three years and if you, we've we've brought a pile of books with us have we put them out or not right okay Janice will have them put out on a table over there so that you can go and take one it is completely free you don't need to pay for it I want you to have it because I want you to read the story of what happened in 2003 to 2006 because what I did was I wrote a, a book on Love Esther which was a musical my husband wrote, but it talks about going into the throne room, into the very presence of the king. And you know you know the story of Esther, I'm sure. And as we go into the throne room, into this, the presence of the king, oh my goodness, you know, the king of kings I'm talking about, it's amazing. And things start to happen. So I told the story in that book and you can have that book for free. The copies will be over there. Do you know, if if you've got your Bibles... Um, you can turn in your Bibles if you wish, although I'm not actually... Uh, oh yeah, I'm going I'm to read a little bit of it. So turn to John 4. It's the story of the woman at the well, a Samaritan woman who had a background that she thought she covered really well. But um, one encounter with Jesus changed absolutely everything. So let me read from verses 25 to 26 because what happened was Jesus was sitting at a well and up comes this woman, you know the story, I'm sure, up comes this woman to the well and Jesus said, give me something to drink. And then there was this conversation between her and Jesus. Verse 25 says, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you, am he. From that one experience, oh my word, just one experience of Jesus, that woman became the first evangelist mentioned in the Bible. Incredible. Read 29 to 30. Come and see a man who told me everything. She left her water pot, you know, When you encounter Jesus, let me just say this. When you encounter Jesus, everything else fades into insignificance. She was there to get water. She left her water pot. Everything else just went by the by. She went back into town without the water that she came from. And she said, come and see this man. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? they came out of the town and made their way toward him. Then verse 39 to 42, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of this woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two more days. And because of these words, many more became believers. He said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you've said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Her intimacy with Jesus led a whole town in revival. I'm going to listen What can happen if we go on fire for Jesus? What would happen if each one of us said to somebody else, come and see this man, come and see Jesus? Could this not be the Messiah? Could this not be the person that could change your life? We could see revival happen in this nation if every one of us got a hold of what God wants to do. We could see revival because what happens is revelation led to revival. We all need a new picture of who Jesus is. And when we pass that on to someone else, that that revelation of who Jesus is can affect their heart and life and can actually lead us to having revival. This woman thought she was a loser, a woman who could not even keep her husband. She must have had so much shame in her life. But Jesus removed that shame. I mean, just incredible. You know, in the the eyes of others, her life was a mess. Some of you here might be thinking that to yourself. Well, who am I that God could use me? What about my life? I haven't really got it together. Maybe you've got shame of things that have happened in the past. Can I say to you, God wants to remove that He wants to show you that you are incredible. You are precious. You are amazing. You are a a man or a woman that he has chosen to be his. And you have been born to be significant. I want to ask you, do you really know who you really are? You know, I said to you beforehand that Ray um, from God was told... You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And Ray couldn't believe that God would say that to him. Because in his past, he he had a problem with pornography. And he couldn't get the shame of the past out of his head. From that moment on, he was a different person. He was changed completely. You know, Lord, God, I just pray for your presence to come down. God, take away the shame that some of us feel. Remove it from our spirit, Lord. If anyone's here with secrets, Father, God, I pray that they will have the courage to come and talk to the leadership of the church and expose that to safe leaders who will not despise them, but who will help them. God, I know that the enemy uses secrets, to bundle people up and keep those ropes around them that stops them from hungering after you. So God, I pray, come with your presence. Oh God, come with your presence. You know, Ray came into my room one day. <laughs> he sat down on our bed actually because I was in the in the bedroom. He sat down in our bed and he said, I want to tell you something, Nancy. And I said, what do you want to say? He said, I want to tell you, I'm glad I'm me. And I looked at him and thought, what do you mean? You see, my husband was a preacher and he said to me, I don't want to be Billy Graham. I don't want to be Andrew Lloyd Webber. He wrote musicals, you know, as well. He said, I don't want to be Andrew Lloyd Webber. I don't want to be Billy Graham. I'm glad God made me me. I'm glad I've got the gifts that I've got. I'm glad He made me me what a difference from before i want to say god can do that for you too there's many in this room who are probably not able to say those words you are a precious individual you are an amazing woman an amazing man and god wants you to know that he has made you who you are and if you put your life under his lordship whether you're a Christian or you're not Christian, you put your life under him, I tell you, you can then say, I'm glad I'm me. I'm glad I'm who I am. You know, Bill Johnson, a preacher and a, a minister from America said, is it possible to love God at the end of your life even more than you loved him when you first gave your life to Jesus? Do you know something? Whenever he said that, I saw myself as a young six-year-old girl giving a life to Jesus. I got on my bed and I jumped up and down with the joy that was deep inside of me. I jumped up and down because God had just transformed my life from darkness into light. I was only six years of age. I didn't understand it much. But I had a dramatic encounter with God, supernatural encounter with him. When I know that God is real, because when I look back at my conversion, I can see it. It was just amazing. And I remember... um, thinking to myself, dancing up and down with that joy. And I thought to myself, do you know, Nancy, you still have that joy deep inside you. Still have that joy just bubbling in your spirit. Even more so, I love God, even more so than I did when I was six years of age. If there's anyone here today who hasn't given your life to Christ, can I say to you, do not hesitate. Don't Hesitate for a minute because God wants to come and do something in your heart and in your life. I remember at my spiritual health weekend, there was uh, three ladies who weren't Christians. And some people had become Christians. And at the weekend, I always say, if there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus, then come and uh, find Jesus because he's just amazing. And these three women were listening to me talking, thinking, yeah. And suddenly one of them stood up. And she thought to herself, what are you doing? Talking to herself. (laughs) And the other one said, where are you going? And she said, she found these words coming out of her mouth. I have got to go to the throne and give my life to Jesus. And they said, wait for us, we're coming too. (laughs) So if there's anybody here who doesn't know Jesus, oh my goodness, this is a great day to give your life to Jesus. Come and see me afterwards. Come and see Rose. Rose, put your hand in the air. Yeah, there's Rose. Come and see Ros. Come and see Zoe, who's over here. We would love to lead you to Jesus, to see your life transformed. You know, I said about joy, and you might be thinking, well, it's all right for you. You haven't got things that I've got going on in my life. But can I assure you that I've been through some really tough and difficult times. My husband died, as I said to you earlier, six years ago. It was the most devastating time of my life. Again, I don't have time to go into the story but what God did for me when I trusted him. Can I just say trusting God is one of the most important things every one of us can do. Not just trusting him for your salvation, but trusting him for every single thing you're going through in life. Not blaming him, not saying, hey, you're the one that brought this on. Why didn't you stop this? Why didn't you do this? Why, Why is my life like this? Instead of doing that, say, God, I don't understand what's going on. This is what I said. I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand what's, what's going on in my life. I've got 101 different questions, God. But I want to say to you, God, I'm going to trust you because I'm not called to understand everything, but I am called to trust you. And that's the same for all of us. And I trusted God that night, and that night he gave me two gifts. I was breaking my heart in the very bed that my husband had just died in. And I said to God, God, you've got to help me. And he gave me two gifts. One of the gifts was the peace that passes all understanding. I physically felt it come on me. And the second one was a bubble of joy. I thought to myself, I can't tell anyone else. Can't tell anyone I've got a bubble of joy. I, you know, don't think I'm mad. But you know, God talks in the Bible about giving joy when you're mourning. And that's what he did with me. So if you're going through a tough time today, can I just say to you, God is here for you. He's got joy for you. He's got peace for you. He's got deliverance for you. If you'll only come to him and trust him. God is moving in our nation. Behind the scenes. Don't just listen to the media. Don't just listen to what's going on. But listen to God. Put your focus on him. And say to him, God, come and do whatever you need to do in me. So that I might be someone who is so filled with your spirit that this church would be a church that is so filled with your spirit that it just is known for revival to come in this nation. You know, I believe you are in a specific church that God has his hand on. He's got his hand on the leadership. He's got his hand on this church. But it doesn't just take the leadership to be on fire for God. It takes all of us to be on fire for God. That woman who went from the well to her city was a nobody in their eyes. She was a shameful woman in their eyes. But Jesus so changed her that she took the joy of knowing him and went back to her people and said, "Hey." something's going on, something's happening here. And I would like to say, suggest to you that God is calling every single one of us today, every single one of us to be so filled with the Holy Spirit, to be so aware of his presence, to be so aware of who he is, that actually wherever you go, People see that in you and say to you, "What is it about you? There's something different about you." Ever heard that said to you? I've had that said to me. Some of our people have had that said to them. Even now, just recently, we've had people come into the complex and go, "Wow, what, what's happening here?" Do you know? Wouldn't it be great if we could see that happen here? in Barrow and Furnace. Wouldn't it be great if God just started something that just spread out to the rest of the British Isles and went into other nations as well? God has promised revival to our nation. If you've ever heard the, the song, Heal Our Nation, we wrote that song years ago, back in the 1980s. And it's a cry from our hearts, God, come and do what you've said you would do. God gave us a picture of a mighty tidal wave coming towards the shores of our lands, crashing onto England, spreading out to the rest of the British Isles and into other nations as well. Others have had pictures and visions of revival coming to this nation. And God is waiting. He said to me, he said, Nancy, I want my people to get prepared and ready for what I'm about to do. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you willing to go where God calls you to go? Because he's here today and he's waiting for your response. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. Oh. God, bring your presence to each hungry heart, I pray. Lord, come right now, fill each of us like tongues of fire on our heads, that we might go out of this, this place totally changed for you, God. Lord, we ask for this church. We ask for this leadership. We ask for this town. We ask for this area. We ask God that there would be hungry people here that would be so hungry for you that they would get up earlier in the morning to speak to find out what you want to say to them, that they would seek you, even when it's hard and it's difficult, that they would trust you, whatever they're going through, that they would bring their shame to you, God, and would trust you for that. And Lord, I pray that there would be breakthrough here, right now, in this church, that, God, we would cry out aloud to you, saying, God, we need you. We need you, God. And Lord, I pray that you will give them as you gave me gifts in the middle of my mourning, in the middle of the worst time of my life. You touched my heart, God. I pray you'll touch these hearts here today, right now, in Jesus' name. You're just in the middle of praying. I feel God is saying he wants a response from his people. Are you ready to seek God? Are you ready to say to God, God make me more hungry for you than I am for anything else in this world? Are you ready to say God, I need you so much? If that's you then would you put your hand in the air? And because I would like to pray for you right now. Because and can I just say it's not just because I want to know who God is touching, but I want God wants a response from his people. There's some of you here who have been hungry but you need to get more hungry. There's some here who have given their lives to Jesus many times and over the years have seen God move in their lives in incredible ways. But God is saying to you here, right now, today, are you hungry for me? If that's you, put your hand up. Because I believe God says, I want to see it. It's not for me, it's for him. You're putting your hand up for him. Lord, thank you for all these hands, God all these hands, Lord, I pray for every single one of them right now. I pray that your spirit would come on them in such deep way. I pray that your heart would break their hearts, Lord, for more of you. I pray that their hunger would increase, oh, so much, Father. I pray, God, that your, the shame that some of them feel, God, would be gone in the name of Jesus and I pray, God, that through their lives, they will begin to see miracles happen. This church says, expect a miracle. God, we are expecting a miracle to happen from in these lives from today on. Father, I pray not just for these, but I pray for those who don't have their hands in the air. I pray, God, they will meet you. They will seek you. They will know you. And they will go deeper with you, Jesus. And whatever needs to happen in their lives, I pray will happen in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.